Cameron Lazy's episode number seven, the flagship, the one that so many podcasts strive for, but many never make it to. I'm Shane Ryan. I'm here with Ariana Ely. Charming, knowledgeable, insightful, likable. Thank you. Also joined by Aaron Kirschenfeld. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, uh, Shane, I didn't like your last podcast. Uh, you know why? Why is that, Aaron? Because it caused the game that happened last night. Uh, okay. That would be Friday night, the game that uh, we probably should have lost against Georgia State. <laughs> that is a hot take that we should have lost that game that we won by 20 uh, in the end. So I think we won that game by 11. Oh, yeah. it was a 20-point win, fundamentally. <laughs> I mean, there was some in nonsense. their hearts, it was 20 points. There was some nonsense at the end, but we blew them out in the second half. And Yeah, okay, 11 points, but we all know, deep in our hearts, we'll get into it. We're going we're gonna to have yeah. it out today, Aaron, because this is... Pessimism versus optimism, I think, in this room right now. It's more like realism versus whatever it is that that you were practicing on that last podcast. Well, all I know is that we won the game. Come Monday, the number one team of the nation is going to be the Duke Blue Devils. Oh, just a really well-deserved number one ranking. Agreed. Thank you. Uh, (laughs) Don't recognize sarcasm. Won't acknowledge it. Ariana, let's start with you. Sure thing. Um, and take as long as you want, and then you and I will go back and forth for I like a while. it. I like it. All right. So really, though, um, let's talk about this game. First half, a little bit ugly. I personally feel pretty good about what I saw in different ways, but I'm going to hold off on that. You were there. Yeah. Give me your impression of what, what the deal was inside Cameron and what you come away with from this game, overall impressions. Yeah. So I will preface this by saying, yes, I was there. and I don't think I actually made it inside Cameron uh, to like start watching the game until like halfway through the first half. Okay. Um, and by the time I like got in, uh, I think at that point we were only up by like two or three. And I was like, who boy, this is going to be like rough, rough goings. Um, and it was funny because in the like usher group chat that we had, somebody had made a quip about Duke being like number one. And then somebody else was like, you just jinxed it. We still have Georgia state. And so I think everybody sort of felt that like pressure a little bit right? because even like the air in Cameron was like tense and like it was palpable and you could just like feel that everybody was a little bit on edge. Um, and the, the first, first half was not pretty like it was like we couldn't quite get things to click or get things going um and like by the end of the game we shot 75 or so baskets and missed the majority of them and so it's been funny like seeing stats roll through how it's like we had a record offensive rebounding night and it's like well (laughs) right right yes yes we did because we missed so many shots that the only way we actually made points was by trying to grab those rebounds and like trying to get another one up um but i think overall i was encouraged by the fact that they pulled out that win for a handful of reasons one I've complained kind of from the start that this is a little bit of a low energy team and I don't know where that lift or where that boost when they need it's going to come from. And granted, even though this was a non-conference game against Georgia State who, you know, came out and really did hassle us like in the lane. We had a really hard time like getting shots like there. Um, But... Like, we had some floor slaps, which I haven't seen in Cameron for a good long while. We had one from Joey Baker. Then we had one from Trey Jones. And, like, that really did actually get everybody, like, riled up and, like, back in it, even though the first half was, like, really scrappy and kind of ugly. Um, And even players that didn't have a super clean offensive game contributed in different ways. So, like, Jack White did not have a good, like, shooting performance, didn't really have a great game, but he was in double digits for rebounds. And at one point in time, I don't exactly remember what call was made. I think a foul call was made on Georgia State. And, like, 
he just went off. And again, it just got everybody fired up and like right back in it, which I think this team needs like those sorts of energy boosts coming from different points. And similarly, like Matt Hurt had a really, really quiet game, but he had a few clutch offensive rebounds down the line that prevented Georgia State from having fast breaks yeah, um, and allowed yeah. us to kind of reset, settle down and like try something else on offense. And so what I'm encouraged by, like even though that at the end of the day, this game really did come down to like offensively being the Trey Jones and the Vern carry show um we got meaningful contributions from others who had quiet performances and i think that's going to be something that as this team starts to figure itself out um it's going to be that kind of rotating cast of characters putting in work at different times that i think is going to keep this team being balanced yeah, I, I agree with so much of what you just said, and we're gonna the the black cloud is looming. And we're gonna turn it over to Aaron in just yeah, a I moment. Yeah, I can feel it radiating it from is, beside it is me. Just vibing, like, harshing my mellow. Shoulders hunched, right in his ears. He's just sitting there waiting for his chance to rain on our sunshiny parade. Before we do that, though, I, I just want to go off what you said and and completely agree. Uh, okay, first of all, we learned Trey Jones is going to be one of the best players in the country. If we didn't already know mm-hmm. that, he was unbelievable. He was a great leader. Uh, Vernon Carey, again, if we didn't already know, is just a uh, just a natural scorer underneath. I yeah. love, love watching him in the post. Yeah. I think it's so rare to have somebody that polished in terms of the rhythm in his movements and his scoring ability underneath among true centers in college. So those two things I completely love. But I had written down here the same thing as you. Joey Baker sensing the moment. It was mm-hmm. right as Trey was going off. And I think Duke had extended the lead to nine or ten, mm-hmm. and he slapped the floor, and the place went apeshit. Yep. And I love that Trey saw it and, and did went. it right after. Yeah. I mean, that that's the kind of leadership we need. And you're absolutely right that whoever it's going to be, whether it's Joey Baker or somebody, you need somebody who senses the moment and brings the energy yep. at the key points. And the other thing you said, I'm pretty much just parroting you at this point, but I think this is going to be a team where we don't necessarily know who's going to get it done on a given night outside of Trey and, and Vernon. Um, you know, it's we've seen it be Matthew Hurt, we've seen it be Cassius Stanley. This time it was it was neither of those guys on offense, but it was like Joey Baker mm-hmm. stepping up. It was Hurt hitting a big three. It mm-hmm. was these guys doing things at the big moments, and it, it certainly wasn't our the prettiest game. No. It certainly was ugly in, in large respects. But I'm not going to overreact to a bad half against a, a team that likes to run in December. I think yep. that's what's going to happen. And the bad half still left us up by two. Um, yeah, and the other thing I would say is just that. Cassius Stanley's off game, uh, his quote unquote off game, absolutely not concerned about it. Uh, I thought he had a uh, he had a huge three. Mm-hmm. He was always crashing the boards. He had a lot of spirit. I think you know a, a guy that aggressive will have games where he misses a little bit. Yep. I think he's going to be right there for us. So I I don't write him off at all. And we'll get into this later. But the, my one actual criticism offensively is again I want Matt Hurt more involved all Agreed. the time. All right. So I feel really good about this team. I, I love the character. I watched the second half for the second time today. I came away feeling pretty positive. I didn't watch the first half again. Maybe that's why. Aaron, <laughs> we've been uh, we've been kind of hinting at it. Let's let's have it. Let's there's Lay you don't into believe them. you don't believe we deserve the number one, and you're a little worried about this team. It's not that I don't believe we deserve the number one. I mean, nobody deserves the number one uh, ranking. Um, I, I just think that it's this is this is bad energy. Um, all right, first uh, a refutation uh, in points, Shane. <laughs> I agree. Trey Jones will be one of the best players in the country. Not a refutation. Next. If he doesn't, if he doesn't get hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely need that to not happen. So he's been knocked to the floor. What? Twice in the last two games. Yeah. 
Uh, we also had another collision uh, between uh, Javin and, and Jack White two games ago or three games ago now. They just can't uh, stay apart. They can't stop running into each other. <laughs> okay. It's magnetism, so, man. Captain magnetism. Uh, okay. I think that what happened is is rather clear. We played a lesser opponent in in the Bears of Central Arkansas, and we won by 51 points. Everyone was feeling really good about that. And then the, the thing, you know, they the I think I read a, a post game interview. They said they were watching the Kentucky game. So Kentucky, of course, losing to to Evansville at home. And I believe it was uh, Vernon Carey said something like, or just smiled when someone asked him if they had watched the game. So, okay, this team knows that if they win, they're going to be number one. Number one, great, in November. Mm-hmm. On November, what, 17th? What, what is it? What's the Monday? Yeah, it'll be 17th. Yeah. Okay, Monday. great. You're number one in the country. On November 17th, who cares? Who cares? Who cares? Because this team is not going to stay number one for very long. First of all, uh, where do we play Michigan State? Oh, that's a good question. I was going to look that up earlier. We play away. I don't. It's okay, either good. There or at a neutral site. Good because that was going to be the Air end quotes, of site. that was going to be the end of the the non conference win streak, streak at Cameron. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It is at Michigan State. Okay. Okay. Good. So we'll at least we'll we'll get that over with and and you know the the twentieth the twenty first century will still not see a, a Duke non conference loss. Uh, great, uh, yeah. Knock on wood. Uh, we still uh, have games. To yeah, play we have Wofford, Wofford, Wofford <laughs> yeah, we, Brown, Stephen F. Austin, and Winthrop. Uh, well, to be fair, Wofford did beat Carolina at home a couple years ago. Yep. Hence um, the knocking on wood. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, in substance, I agree with a lot of what you've both said. I think that the team is certainly growing mm-hmm. and certainly uh, rounding into something of an identity, mm-hmm. which is a toughness-based identity, a defense-based identity. Yep. But that's different than a, we're a really good team and can beat you a bunch of different ways type of mentality. Uh, I think this team can can beat you, what, one way, right? We play better defense. Uh, and we get just enough offense to win. Because this was Georgia State. Okay, this wasn't an ACC opponent that we were playing. Uh, and they gave us a hell of a good run. We were up two at the half. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think because Vern Carey made a basket. Uh, got or got, got, or was it hurt? Okay, that, that I don't remember. basket of the half? Yeah. yeah, it was hurt putting it back, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. uh, on an offensive rebound. Uh, number what, yeah. 28. Uh, had like 31. Great. A lot of missed shots. Um, yep. The it's, it's just, I don't like the energy where we're now the expectation. This is the number one team in the country. If anyone watched that game and said, this is the number one team in the country, you're wrong. It's, it's arbitrary. I mean, they're the last ones standing based on what happened after the the last season's rankings. Uh, they're not deserving of this, and and I am sure Coach K is smart enough to to downplay this as as much as as he can, and I'm sure he will. 
they have to go through their various uh, emotional crises uh, through the season, right? There's got to be the point in the season where he doesn't let them use the locker room, right? That usually happens. They don't get to wear Duke gear. Right, sometime in January. Um, uh, but like, all right, does this make you feel good? I'm going to come in here and say, yes, it does make me feel good. Why? I'm I on think, that. Why? I think, Why? I think embedded in this narrative that you have and these worries are that out there in the ether, the college basketball atmosphere, there are perfect teams. No. There are perfect teams out there that have everything Duke does. In I, may I remind you, okay, Duke beat Kansas on a really poor offensive mm-hmm. night for us. Our defense was good enough to beat number three Kansas at a neutral floor. Yeah, Kansas. Well, yeah. I, I will also say... Okay, we had a tough game from a non-conference opponent. Guess what? The number one team in the country had that too, and they mm-hmm. lost. We came out, and we put 20 points. We're up 20 points in the second half, and we basically dominated. Okay, we responded to adversity, and we beat this team. And this always happens in December. Yep. There's not been a team in the history of college basketball, probably, aside from one or two, that wasn't challenged in a game that they shouldn't have been challenged in. That's, that's par for the course. Okay, I think it's about how you respond and I thought this team responded with, like you were saying, a good degree of toughness. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to slightly disagree with you, too, on the idea that we don't have multiple ways to beat teams because we are a really, really good fast-breaking team. And Trey Jones's defense is so good that it somewhat overshadows how good he is at running the break. Um, now, he had an unbelievable scoring night, which not typical for him. I hope it becomes mm-hmm. typical. But I think he's really, really smart in what he does when he's leading the fast break. I think we have a good fast-break offense. Yeah, and kind of going off that point in regards to like Trey Jones and how smart he is, there was a play in the second half on a fast break where he was being trailed by two Georgia State players, and he knew that if he went up for the lay-in, it was going to get blocked by the dude behind him. And so he cut across the lane, created contact with the other defender, and got the foul call, and it was brilliant. Um, And like seeing... Like knowing that, seeing that situation and pulling that trigger to get that foul call was really clutch because Georgia State was in foul trouble for the majority of the second half. And they fouled out at least one. And then they had like two others with four fouls, too. Um, And so another thing that I would just add is that I don't think it's necessarily like fair in regards to this claim that like Duke isn't deserving of the number one being that we like struggle against Georgia state. I think that is being unfair to what Georgia state came in and did right. They, they knew where they needed to clog us up on defense and they did a damn good job of it. It's why we missed so many shots, right? We kept going time and time again to try and get shots off and they really pushed us into the perimeter or trying to get these tough shots inside and it didn't work. And they were a part of every little bit of it. And they had quite a few guys who were like super lanky and like we had some threes that like got blocked, right? Or got tipped or things like that. And so they really created this frustration. And so I, I do think that this, it was merited that this win was a tough one because it wasn't that we were just playing a fluff team. They like really came in and like tried to execute. And if they were executing a little bit better on offense, if our defense hadn't been that tough, we would have lost this game. Yeah. And I, yeah, I would say, yeah, to that point, I would give them credit for the courage they played with an offense in the first half. Now, when they stopped making buckets, they, you know, they fell behind by 20. And that was always going to happen um, real quick while we're, while we're exchanging Trey Jones, like brilliant stories. One play that stuck out to me was in, on defense in the second half. 
think Georgia State got a steal or a, or a long rebound, and they had somebody taking off, and he was wide open. You knew exactly what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And Trey was like halfway between the man with the ball and the man going, and he just made the choice to run straight at the man with the ball. And look, there wasn't anything dramatic that happened, but what it did is it made the guy throw it really high up in the air, and then everybody caught up on defense. Yep. And I think it ended with a jab in goaltending, so I don't even know if it worked yeah. out. But it was just like those little moments. Uh, just to have a so guy smart. who always makes the right choice is just so great. So, all right. Aaron, what do you, uh, you know, we've, we've, Defend retor- yourself. we've rhetorically owned you. You're, I'm surprised you're still in the room, um, but you're, you're still here. I give you credit. What do, no, what do you think of this? I'm so owned. <laughs> <laughs> Being owned in 2019 is just about people saying you're owned. Yeah. And I, and I said it, so. We're, this so is I'm where owned. We are. It's, it's how it works. Yeah. Uh, I, I agree. Credit to, credit to Georgia State. Um, there are other teams that are going to see this. And do this to us. Oh, yeah. And if they're better offensively, we're going to lose to them. Right. Um, so so I, I see it. Okay, deserving of the number one. Uh, sure, nobody deserves the number one. Uh, Kentucky, fraudulent. Kansas, fraudulent. Um, uh, who else is up there? Michigan, Michigan State. State. Michigan State started as number one. Yeah, fraudulent. Uh, sure, there's no one lurking out there. Uh, no, no super team uh, uh, or anything like that. But... I really believe in this thing that success success is good. Yes, it's good good to succeed. But when you've achieved the number one ranking so early and so unexpectedly, it's got to go to your head just a little bit. And when you lose the number one ranking, which will certainly happen uh, at some point, well, haven't you already achieved the thing you wanted to achieve? Or at least a part of it. I, I don't know. I just think, I think it's too early. Um, I'm superstitious. I'll admit that. I am too. I try and wear the same thing sometimes for games. <laughs> no joke. <laughs> Fair, yeah. And I, I am uncomfortable personally, uncomfortable as a fan with success mm. and with recognition of that success. Because it feels like you're on a precipice, uh, or at least it's like to me, a very I, dangerous tightrope game where we could fall one way or the other. But I understand that these athletes are are composed differently than I am. I, I understand that they have a different psychological makeup, and that they are the type of people who actually want the ball in their hand at the end of the game. Do you know who doesn't want the ball? in their hand is at the it, end of the game is it you Aaron? it's me it's me <laughs> to be fair i also would if duke Same. is down to the clutch no, i don't want Aaron i don't being i don't our <laughs> that, that would be very bad uh, but but I, you know i don't have that mentality yeah. and i think that's that's something that i always marvel at um uh in these elite type athletes yeah. is that they they do tend to want the pressure and I'm like, no, no, thank you. Let me, Return let me, to sender. Let me suggest a different framework for which you may uh, enjoy looking at this number one ranking. Duke was a team that came in ranked fourth, and it really felt like that fourth place ranking was based on reputation mm-hmm. uh, or maybe like a lack of uh, you know other options. Yeah. But you know, there were people like we talked, Ariana, you and I, about Matt Norlander on CBS, who I think had them 10th mm-hmm. and said, I really wanted to put him 15th because I don't think this team has much. Yep. Um, and you and I, I mean, at least I agreed. Same. Yeah, I, I completely agreed with him. Um, 
Now, this team that nobody expected to be really that good has come out. They beat number three Kansas, which I certainly wasn't expecting. They look better than I ever thought they could be. They do have a, a defensive, like, I think the announcer was saying, like, first time in a decade at least that Coach K has had a team that he wants to run a full-court mm-hmm. press, steady 40 minutes, okay? So they have that identity. They're tough. They seem to like each other, and they're exciting, and they're about to be ranked number one. So I would say look at that number one ranking when it comes it's just a little badge of merit for how this team has started in, in contravention to what we expected. Now, yeah, you're 100% right. They're definitely absolutely going to lose the number one ranking at some point. A badge of merit? Yeah. Yeah, a little merit badge. A participation trophy? <laughs> no. No, merit is not participation. Merit is based on results. And merit, and they do merit it. And they, mm-hmm. they've been the best team in the country so far. Let me ask you a question. What number is this team in the rankings? Just... Just, at, the end, at the end of the year? No, no, no. What number is this team right now? What number feels right? What what should this team be ranked? Just just in the abstract. Uh, supposing that there are no other teams. Number one. Number one. Number six. Number one. Number six. Supposing there are no other teams. Well, well okay. If they are the only team, they are obviously uh, number right, one. That is the definition of pessimism. <laughs> there are no teams and they're number six, damn it. Uh... No, but Aaron, I take your pessimism and I, I relate to it to some degree, but I really I really like this team. This yeah. feels like a number one team. So to you. so I it feels like a number one team this year. At this point in the year, yes. Yeah, last year it Given have. like stacked up against the teams this year and seeing how those teams have performed and looking at Duke's performance at this point in time, it makes sense that they are the number one. And and kind of looking at this, do they deserve the number one? Do they not deserve the number one? How's this number one going to settle in them as they move forward? Is it going to play to their heads, et cetera, et cetera? That's the question. I it's don't that last think it question. will. No, it won't. So I don't think it will for several reasons. Okay. One, I think last year when we saw Duke come out and wipe the floor with Kentucky, we saw that Duke team at their ceiling, right? Totally. Everything was firing on all cylinders. They could play no game better than that game. They could have beaten the Miami Dolphins. It's true. <laughs> That's right. Playing basketball on a football field. <laughs> exactly. It definitely would have been so, the Dolphins. So having that sort of win that early in the season, there there was nowhere for that team to to grow. I mean, there were obvious ways that it could grow, but insofar as putting on a performance that high, it That's was right. done. That's right. This team, the wins they have put together so far have been hideous, like with a capital <laughs> H all the way across, right? Yeah. They've had to scrap for them. They've had to fight for them. They've had to be reliant on different guys night in and night out. They haven't gotten like crystal clear, right? Performances from any singular players. It's always alternated. Because this team needs the entire lineup to put something in. And so as the season goes, like the wins we've seen them have so far have been with this. Sometimes one cylinder is firing, sometimes it's not. But they're clunking along anyways. And as we develop through the season, even beyond this number one, even losing this number one, as this team starts to learn and work together and learn one another their ability to pull together better games is going to improve. At which point, I think they'll probably put on a performance that gives them a number one that you're going to be like, hell yeah, this team's a number one. Yeah, I would be shocked just for the reasons you said if this team let it go to their heads or became like prima donnas because that really is not 
the identity. They're not like, like you said, they're not that good. <laughs> they're not that talented. I, you know what I mean? I mean, yeah. they, if they do things, it's going to be as a unit. And I also think Coach K, to his credit, is really good at Agreed. preventing that from happening, even among teams who really should have a lot of swagger. Um, yeah, the 2010 team, he kept saying they're a special team. Yeah, he never said that they were number one. It was always they're, they're they a special, were a special group of team guys. because they had Brian Zubek on that team. Uh, <laughs> yes, Zubes. that was he was special. Uh, so, OK, great. Um, uh, oh, I lost my train of thought. That's terrible. You have to cut this out in post. No, you see, don't panic. Just ride that silence. Mm-hmm. The podcast people are going to see the, you. You're on the precipice, Aaron. They're going to see you as human for this. Uh, but no, I, I will, I'll keep going and say that, okay, this game, again, it's Ariana and I, you may see us as having a little bit of rose-colored glasses. Oh, I remember what I was going to say. Do it. Go for it. You don't think that there was any impact of beating Central Arkansas by 51 to the slow start. Personally, I don't think it's possible to say that. I would be surprised. I think it's a December game, a December non-conference game with a little bit of a, a letdown. It's, n- it's November. Uh, November, December. It's the same month, really. It should be. They should Winter weather-wise, it. it's been. Yeah, it's December-ish, Aaron. I won't back down on this. I won't <laughs> no. back down that it's November, not November <laughs> or December. No, but really, I do think it's just like, you know, it, it could be something in the air. It could just be the energy was a little weird. I, I don't read too much into it. Ariana. Yeah. So having been in Cameron, I don't think this was a matter of them coming out and being like super cocky and like, haha, we're going to wipe the floor with this team. Honestly, between the crowd in Cameron and like just the atmosphere, it seemed like everybody legitimately just had super shitty weeks and was a little bit angry and on edge. And like, <laughs> they didn't want to be at a basketball game. Like no one in that gym wanted to be at a basketball game, I think. And so there was a little bit of kind of fighting through that weird negative energy. And I think that kind of loomed in the first half. I don't think it was a matter of like, oh, this is going to be a fluff game. Like, why are we playing it? I just think it was a weird staticky energy of like, well, yeah. I want the week to be done and I have to slog through this to get there. Well, yeah. I, I texted you in, in the middle of it and I said yeah. that it was the fault of that uh, Cleveland Browns guy who hit, yeah, hit the other guy with, Garrett. with the helmet. I still haven't watched the video. It's literally he rips the helmet off the Pittsburgh Steelers QB and hits him in the head with it. But like that was very bad sports. Energy. It was awful. It, it <laughs> yeah, really, it really sent it. sent things downhill. He got suspended indefinitely for the record. Yeah, he'll be out. I, be, I bet they'll reduce it, but or <laughs> from indefinite, I guess uh, they have <laughs> to reduce it. Um, but no, I think yeah, it's. Look, we don't know where Mercury was. We don't know how the stars were. It was likely in retrograde. I would believe it was in retrograde just based on the feelings. But yeah, so... Yeah, you could you could say like, oh yeah, maybe they were uh, cocky. I don't know. I just don't think they didn't come out as cocky. Where they can feel cocky. Um, And like even so, like Alex O'Connell, for example, did not have a good game. And like you could just see on his face that he was like he wasn't there, and he knew he wasn't there, and he like tried to get back into it. And the coaches, even when they talked to him, they were like, hey, like we get it, it's fine. And it was just like. I was talking to a friend of mine. I was like, I feel like, you know, when TV screens go static and there's just the snow on it. And I was Uh like, I feel like that was him that whole game. And he just couldn't get back online. Do you think Ariana, he's the kind of guy who just like really kind of internalizes negativity or a bad start and just disappears? Because that drives me nuts because it's like I hate to see that kind of game from him. Because, you know, he has good games and you start to hope and then you go, well, this is what's going to happen the moment adversity hits. We're not going to be able to count on him all year. Yeah. 
I think I'm not I'm not sure what happened with this one. Um, I will say he did keep shooting when he was in, like even after <laughs> yeah, he, he wasn't making them, he still he still tried. Um, I mean, there were a couple parts like later in the second half when he was like put in that he was like on the opposite side of the ball and then just kind of stayed there. I think he just had a hard time finding himself on the court. Um, and so hopefully as the season goes, he'll have more of those games where he's like really on board and doing things. Um, but last night, man, he just it was like he couldn't connect. Um, just speaking real quickly of shooters, Matt Hurt is 41 percent from three, which is excellent. Um, Cassius Stanley is 33 percent, which is fine. Joey Baker is 33 percent, which is fine. And then everyone else is bad. I mean, even after Trey Jones's last game, he's still below 30 percent, which you would say if somebody consistently did that, you would say you shooting threes is bad for mm-hmm. us. I mean, that, that's. That's a generous threshold, yeah. 30%. Some people say like 33 in yeah. college, maybe 35%. So that, that is something that I, just continues to worry me. And to join Aaron's pessimism train a little bit, um, yeah, we're going to lose ACC games this year when we can't score. Mm-hmm. Uh, as good as our D is, um, we're not going to, you know, we're not going to outscore teams. And there's going to be games where we have bad games. And we're not the kind of team that can afford really bad games. Yeah, um, offensively, yeah. Now, now I do think, though, there may, with this defensive team, maybe there's a little bit of Virginia in us where we can yeah. win some games that we shouldn't just because we shut the other team down. That remains to be seen. Um, Michigan State's going to be a great test, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, but looking at looking at going down the line, you know, we've talked a lot about Trey. There's really not much more to say. He's so good. Mm-hmm. Vernon is so good. Joey, I will say one comment about Vernon his hands aren't always the best, right? Uh-huh. Really? Okay. He'll miss passes sometimes in the lane that he just can't get a hold on. Same thing with rebounds sometimes. He missed, I think he went for three dunks that game, only made one of them. The other two like literally bounced back out of it because he like dunked it too hard. Yeah. And yeah. so sometimes his hands aren't the best. And I think that's the like the one thing, like his footwork is really good. His like body awareness of where he is on the court is superb. Shot is great. Yeah. And it's just that one, his hands are not always the best. And that's my one critique for Vernon Carey. Can you fix that? I mean, no, I, yeah. If you don't have a touch, I, I don't know. So, well, well I, I had a friend who I played um, high school basketball with who couldn't catch. It never changes. It's, it's I think it's one of those natural things. Uh, some people have great hands and some people, like you said, even if they're, Top-level D1 players are are not the best at it. Um, Our coach would scream hands at him. (laughs) (laughs) Hands! He'd go, hands! I'm going to yell that at Vernon now. was like, yes, coach, I understand. I'm supposed to use my hands to catch the ball. (laughs) It was always really funny. It was like, what do you think you're gaining by screaming hands at him? Oh, that is my new new shout at Vernon Carey every game now. Yeah, absolutely. Just Just from the sidelines. Just hands! Um... All right, Wendell Moore is a guy I wanted to talk about. Uh, somebody who was a little mysterious that game. I wrote, and I don't know if you guys agree, the only thing I wrote about him in this Google Doc that Aaron and I keep, Moore is annoyingly useful. Because, like, he still made a bunch yeah. of dumb plays. Yeah, but, also but he he's did a some gr- good things, too. Good rebounder, mm-hmm. like, runs the break, plays, yep. I think, pretty good D. Yeah. I mean, what do you think of Wendell Moore in that game? <laughs> my, my note about Moore was, Moore actually made a nice entry pass. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Yay. Little things, man. Little things. Yeah, I just think he's got a part to play. Yeah. He's and like Jamie Lannister. Like, <laughs> you start off by hating him, he does, then he loses yeah. a hand, and you're like, oh, he's, he's useless. And then you're like, no, this guy's got a part to play in the wars to come. Who is this? Game uh, of Thrones, man. A little, uh, oh. a little story called Game of Thrones. Oh, uh, you may have heard of it. I missed that one. Got a little foothold in pop culture. Mm-hmm. 
people so. really seem to like it. And then hate it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, talk about Wendell. I mean, yeah. Um, no, I, I would agree with your comment that he's annoyingly useful. Like you want to be frustrated by him when he like makes mistakes, like throwing a pass into like three defenders, but then he does kind of mop cleanup sometimes. And though you need, you need guys that can like fit into that space and play those roles. But then sometimes he like comes alive and he sparks on offense and he like does some really impressive things. So I think he has a lot of room to grow. I think he, so one thing that I um, have been noting being at games and like watching is so I've been like working games in Cameron since 2012 and I have a knack for like liking to stand on the bench side and like watching the interactions between the coaches and the players because I think it says a lot that and like the interactions between the players themselves. Um, but watching the coaches with Wendell Moore, he like they very actively coach him while hmm. he is on the court, right? Whether that is like helping him figure out where he needs to be during an offensive set or where he needs to rotate on defense. They are very actively trying to develop his like sense of the game while he is there. And so I do, I think he's going to be a player that is going to do a lot of growing and like figuring out how to pull together some of those better pieces. But I think it's going to take time. Well, uh, and then our boy, well, who's, who's better? I mean, Cassius, <clears throat> maybe Cassius played a, mm-hmm. a, a very raw game. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, all right. Who else is better, uh, other than than Vernon and Trey? Who, who's, who's better, better than, than Wendell? At his position, yeah. To me, he's looking like no, a six man. Yeah. I mean, like yeah. a pretty obvious six man when you're really playing the tough games and you just need an athlete out yep. there. Um, especially, I mean, look, if, if Javin Delorier is going to play two minutes and accrue four personal fouls, I mean. My note on the first half was that every Duke player was just an exaggeration of themselves. Like AOC was the ultimate like shrinking person. Trey was the ultimate just like consummate like star. Javin with four fouls. It uh, happened so fast. Jack White like br- like bricked a three. I mean everybody was being like yeah like, a, a caricature of themselves. Yeah, a caricature. That's the word <laughs> I was looking for. Exactly. Um, yeah. So I, you know that, that's the thing. Like Javin is going to let the team down in certain games because of the style of play. Um, we all know how bad he is on offense, and it's routinely, I think, infuriating to watch him try to score. However, he's a pretty darn good defensive player yeah. when, when he's when he's not fouling. And so, I don't know what the heck to do. I don't know what to do. Yeah. How do you tell a guy not to, to stop fouling? I mean, maybe it's just his style. Yeah. Um, I'm, I had a conversation with a friend of mine who was complaining about the fact that he had so many fouls and had just like a real rough game. And she was like, on one hand, I'm like... You're big, I get it, but on the other hand, you're a senior and you shouldn't be doing this anymore. Yeah. How do you get four fouls in two minutes? Yeah. It's incredible. In the first half. Yeah. It's impressive, honestly. It, yeah, there is something impressive <laughs> right? about it. Of like you are in theory, in theory, this is one of the main things you're working on. Right. Like you said, you're a senior and you come out in a game like this and are just worse than you've ever been. Just worse couldn't, than you've ever been. I mean, it's, couldn't it's, get it. It's stunning. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a good thing for Jack White. I mean, Jack White, okay, if I call Javin infuriating, Javin's infuriating the way like Luke Longley was for the Bulls, <laughs> where you're like, he's probably going to miss every layup he takes, but, but like, he gonna... definitely serves a purpose on that team and yeah. he's useful. Jack White is a great defender. Jack White kills me because he can't do anything on offense anymore. Yeah. Even when he drives, what he does is he goes to the foul line and stops. Yep. Like, he doesn't know what to do. He has absolutely no intent of shooting. Yeah. He's still taking threes, which I'm like, if there's ever time, like, where we have to talk about red light for Jack White, how much more do we need to see? 
Um, but then again, he's always open for three. Yeah. So it's like one of those things where you're like, in a perfect world, you would be you would be you would nail threes. these. Yeah, you would be nailing these and giving us a little like boost. But um, but yeah, like fortunate to have Mundy. I mean, he's mm-hmm. just one of those guys that's great. And you were saying earlier, very smart all the time. It's really like seeing a, two different human beings once yep. you cross the half court um, line. Yeah, and. Yeah, it's just part of me wonders if after his drought with threes last season, if he's just has lost his confidence for being able to shoot the ball. Because like when he shoots, it's like he feels awkward about it, like awkward about having the ball in his hands and he isn't quite sure what to do or so where to uncomfortable. be. Yep. And like he he did, he bricked the two. I think he only took two threes uh-huh. and they were all lower right corner of the basket or of the backboard. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Didn't even hit the rim, lower right corner of the backboard. And so he's missing them, but missing them in the same direction, which I find interesting. Um, but you're right. When he goes to drive, he stops because he's. it's almost like he like catches himself like shit. What am I supposed to do now? And then he immediately looks for somebody else to get the ball to so that he doesn't have to be the one to pull the trigger and like put up a shot. Um, And so like it, it makes me sad for him because it's his senior year and I want to see him do well, but it does seem like it's a, a lack of trust in his ability to shoot the ball. Um, But I mean, I will say like kudos to him for finding like, finding other ways to contribute to the team, even on offense. So we talked a little bit towards the beginning of the season, earlier podcast about my worry that they weren't going to have a vocal leader on the court. And man is Jack white loud when he's on the court, like with his teammates. Good, good, um, and yeah. it's, it's really good to see. And like, they need that sort of like guidance on the court. And like, if he isn't, actively contributing points he is actively contributing to their knowledge and cohesiveness do, in that way do they go to group therapy i don't know great question so like all right our, our athletes are clearly more physically prepared for games than than they've ever been i think there's a growing consensus uh that uh, uh having some kind of of mental health care uh is not a stigmatizing thing uh, it certainly hasn't been in sports for a long time, right? Yeah. You always oh, yeah. hear about sports, sports psychologists. psychologists. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, he, mu- he must be talking to somebody. I, I, a, yeah. frankly, they all must be, right? They're on this big stage for the first time, um, and th- there's there's got to be... Uh, Coach K and, and, and the, the program seems smart enough that that would be an element of participation in this team. So... I mean, what do you what do you think? It's a great question because, mm-hmm. yeah, I'd never really considered it. But after hearing you say it, my thought is like all these teams must have. They must. At yeah. that point. Right. Like I'm, I would be apparently surprised. I, 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 I would don't be think, surprised I don't think this is true, didn't. but I would almost be surprised if they didn't have like a full time psychologist mm-hmm. on staff. Right. With the amount of money that goes into this. Now, I don't think they do. I think we would have heard about that. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's also funny you say that because um, as a Yankee fan, I grew up watching Chuck Knobloch uh, at second base. And he got the yips. He got the yips. He got the yips. And it's crazy to watch. It's like the yips are when, you know, second base is the closest to first base. So in theory, the easiest throw mm-hmm. any infielder uh-huh. has to make. But he always, like, I think he hit Keith Olbermann's mom in the stands one day. <laughs> That's actually true. Um, too bad it wasn't Keith Olbermann. Uh, um, but, you know, but he, like, yeah, he just couldn't throw to first base anymore. Yeah. And he, when he got the ball, he would be double clutching, like putting the ball into his sure, glove sure. over and over. Just, and that discomfort really... Okay, it's not this level, but it does remind me of Jack White in the sense that like he got the yips last year with shooting, and he's never recovered his confidence. And he gets the ball, and he's just out of sorts. Um, yeah, I my grandmother grew up playing basketball, and in upstate New York, 
in the like 40s or 50s or I guess 40s. Uh, women's basketball was six on six and they oh. had, but you couldn't cross half court. So you had three people on offense and three people on defense. <laughs> oh, interesting. And I'm like, I wish we had those rules because Jack White would be a great, great player. On, yeah, great on <laughs> we defense. Don't need, we don't need him on the floor. But yeah, that was, I, I always oh. think like he would have been great in women's basketball <laughs> <laughs> in Plattsburgh, New York back in the day. Um, but yeah, it is. It is a mental, I don't know if it's a mental health thing. That's saying quite a lot. But sure. it does make you think like they're obviously shooting is a mental thing and there's got to be a mental component to whatever he's kind of going through. It must be. It must be. And um, yeah, I'm not sure I would classify it as a mental health thing. I think we all understand that there's, uh, we, we've all moved past the mind-body duality, I think, or maybe maybe we haven't, but uh, but we understand that what happens in, in the mind uh, is happening in the body. Mm-hmm. What happens in the body is happening in the mind. They're very much uh, connected. Right. And really, to see that level of discomfort uh, and that level of yeah, because he he was he was he grazed the bottom of the backboard mm-hmm. on some of those shots. Like I can do that. Uh, I mean, pro- actually, maybe not with a guy in my face. Uh, yeah. I think I would just kind of like chuck <laughs> the ball. Yeah, rah! Uh, <laughs> get away from me, sir. <laughs> Uh, but I'm just blowing a rape whistle. (laughs) (laughs) Oh Lord. It would be interesting. Um, uh, no one would want to see that or maybe they would. I I mean, people watch Adam Sandler movies. (laughs) I would would certainly watch you trying to score on a, that's over an Adam Sandler movie. Okay. Yeah. Agreed. Actually, there's no way in hell I could score in a college basketball game, a high school basketball game, or probably even a middle school basketball I game. think if they posted you up at a middle school game you, you get could, yours yeah you could do is it is it 10 feet 10 foot basket middle school absolutely yeah, yeah. oh mm. all right I still feel like the kid could could steal it from if I dribbled no okay no, don't, no, dribble, no, no. don't dribble don't dribble okay okay don't just yeah. turn put it up. don't don't I'd be like Javon Delorier and bring the ball down <laughs> when you catch it which is like what he automatically does instead of putting it into the basket yeah it's so frustrating but yeah no um where were you going with that? Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Where was I going? With yeah, what were we? I, <laughs> my, I forgot where my, we were. My, Jack White. I, oh yeah, Jack White. Yeah, mind-body duality. <clears throat> well, no, no, we're against the mind-body duality. <laughs> yes, it's been debunked. Like Freudianism. <laughs> yeah. I debunked it. <laughs> Finally, I on bet, this podcast. I better be medical journals tomorrow. Yeah, I better listeners to realize that this was part basketball, part philosophy podcast. <laughs> it is. They know that by now. Um, but yeah. I, let me like take it down a notch though and say that looking at Jack White's career totals, um, one for two from three his first year for a phenomenal fifty percent. Very good. But next year two for twelve, last year twenty seven for ninety seven, this year two for nine. Maybe he just never was a good shooter. Huh. I mean, we always thought he was right. That was like the scouting report, but maybe that narrative was always wrong. I, I don't know. Interesting. He came in with that rep, but he's never lived up to it. I feel like he hit big shots, though. Agreed. I'm not saying he hasn't. I'm just saying he's never at Duke showed that he's a good three-point shooter. Maybe okay. it's just that small percentage of big-time shots has really swayed perception that he is a like three po- dominant three-point shooter, and maybe that perception is wrong. I'm not sure that we need him to be a dominant three-point <clears throat> no. shooter. No, we com- need, but just needs to no, we need him to be that, shots. that clutch three-point shooter. Yeah which is exactly what Joey Baker was in yeah, this game. Yeah, Joe. So I was very excited to Joe, see that Joe, we were Joe. going to get Joey Baker minutes in this game. Uh, and I will tell you who else was excited. 
Uh, did you see the reaction shot of Coach K uh, after Joey Baker hit the, I think it was a corner three. Uh, Which that, was that a second, yeah. That kind of helped us pull away mm-hmm. uh, in the second it half. It was a difference maker. Coach K grabbed the legs of uh, the two assistants seated on either side of him, which, uh, you know, hey, not cool, uh, uh, personally. Yeah. Uh, Coach K's canceled. <laughs> yeah, he's canceled now. Uh, he's he's owned. on Twitter and we're good. Wait, is he owned or canceled? I don't know. I never know the I difference. I think that would be a canceled. Okay, that's canceled. cancellation. Canceled. Yeah. I mean, you've been owned, but that's been, way better than being canceled. I've yeah, been owned, but not canceled. canceled. Okay, well, that's good. Yeah. Um, uh, I might be I might be canceled by the the uh, people who don't believe in the mind body duality or do believe in the mind body duality. Yeah, they're still out there. They're still I mean, and they're can they must be canceling. It's either canceling or not canceling. They're yeah. so binary. Yes, I know. Um, it's canceling duality. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I mean, oh, he made a big shot when we needed him to make a big shot, and that's what we need Jack White to do. That's what we need someone on the team to do. Mm-hmm. I don't care if Alex O'Connell is a bad volume three point shooter. I mean, I care he shouldn't, you know, he yeah, shouldn't yeah, be yeah. shooting a lot of three pointers. Uh, uh, but in that moment, and there are plenty of these moments mm-hmm. during the season where you either have to extend a run or stem, uh, the opposite Pipes, teams run, yeah. uh, where again, I don't care if you're 30% from, from three, if in that moment you're gonna make it, mm-hmm. then to me you're a good three point shooter. Yeah. No, it's and there's yeah. there's so much to be said for like what I think that um, it wasn't Dan Bonner, whoever the color announcer was in this last game said was like the bring the house down three pointer, mm-hmm. and that's what Joey Baker hit two yep. of them back to back. Yep. Trey hit another one. Um, Joey Baker had a third one and missed it. Yeah. But I mean, but there was like yeah, those are like huge those- huge moments. Deflators. They really mm-hmm. if you're on the road it's a deflator. If you're at home it just. But- introduces yep. incredible stress to uh, to the other team. Um, yeah, I agree with all of that. Uh, if Joey Baker can be that guy, he's going to get minutes, and I yeah. love the floor slap. I really did. I know it's superficial, but I loved it. I miss a good floor slap, right? Like, I can yeah. remember, like, and maybe this is dating myself or showing my, like, preference to older Duke teams, but, like, I can, in my mind, recall, like, Tyler Thornton, right? He didn't contribute mm-hmm. a lot on offense, but, man, on defense, he was always in it and always down for a good floor slap to get everybody in the right mindset to play some hard defense. Never forget Thorns giving when <laughs> we were in Hawaii and Tyler Thornton hit the game-winning shot yes. against... My brain, my brain is drawing a blank, but it was a big game. It was. It was the championship game against, like, either Gonzaga or somebody like that, and we, uh, we beat them because of Tyler Thornton, which was... As improbable a, as a result <laughs> as, as we'll ever see. Um, all right, so uh, do we want to talk briefly about Matthew Hurt and why like some games he seems to be involved in the offense and why some games he doesn't? I mean, the guy's too good to to be invisible, as Aaron wrote yeah. in his notes here. Um, well, he might be he might be getting more visible because I, I think I noticed a little stubble on the oh, old face yeah. there. Is he is he doing a little Movember? I think he's got to grow the Ryan Kelly beard. Yeah, I would agree with that. Oh, one hundred percent. Like he should try to like. Um, what's the Matt Damon movie uh, where he like takes on the other guy's identity? Um, the talented Mr. Ripley. Oh. He needs to do that with Matt with Ryan Kelly. That was a very scary movie. Yeah, that was a. It's a very scary book. Yeah, Patricia Highsmith. It's good. Uh, uh, highly I didn't recommend know she wrote that. How yes, that? she did. She wow. did. She was very talented. Um, yeah, he needs to do that with Ryan. Kelly. Mr. Ripley, you get it. 
Oh, very good. Thanks. Very nice, Aaron. Thank you for that. Uh, with that, we should begin to <laughs> we should begin to invoke the finish line here. Um, but no. Uh, oh, I want to say quickly. Um, it was uh, over Kansas. Sorry, I had to oh, look yes, it up. It over was over Kansas. Kansas. Well done. Um, I want to say quickly. Um, yet another fu to the ACC network. Um, you said the game was going to be on at 7:20, and so I didn't like look till 7:20. It turns out that's when you were going to start airing the Duke game because you had volleyball on before then. NC State versus Miami volleyball. Okay, then uh, it ran over 7:20. So basically, I missed like seven minutes of the game because I didn't realize it was on ESPN News. Oh, if you have the rights, okay, you're a new network. If you have the rights to Duke basketball. That is one of your three biggest products, along yeah. with Clemson football and North Carolina basketball. Okay, highlight feature that game. Nobody should have to tell you this. This is so stupid. And then Aaron and I were talking. What seemed like pigeons were flying uh, in front of the camera. There were what? repeated gray squares throughout the what? entire game. They did not fix it. There were gray squares flying in front of the camera. My opinion, it was pigeons. Aaron, Aaron said that sounds like a good theory. I think it's probably pigeons in the rafters. I said, I said absolutely not, and and denied you having a, a right to even say that it was pigeons. It was I'm so look for presence of pigeons. It was so obviously now. not pigeons. Uh, I'm going to read you the notes. Aaron and I go back and forth on Google Doc. Um, Aaron wrote gray squares. This is this is just great radio. Yeah, it, it is going to be. Yeah, great. Hey, we're giving the people just, what they want. Yeah, read our Google Doc. My response it is it's going to be wonderful. Trust me. My response was LOL. Thought it was just my TV. Likely pigeons and rafter. Aaron wrote no way. I said pigeons keep flying by at worst time. Aaron, they are not pigeons. God damn it. <laughs> Me, I don't agree with your opinion, but I would fight to the death for your right to express it. Aaron, you should be jailed for even thinking it as pigeons. So I think that was well worth reading that exchange. Um, and then later I wrote in caps, holy shit, fix the pigeons. So whether it was pigeons or not, I mean, it's likely that they're, they have a pigeon problem up there. The ACC network needs to uh, do something about them. Because that was actually really annoying. Honestly, every time Duke would shoot, it was a, gray, bad. a gray square would go in front of the basket. Yeah, well, clearly... Um, government censorship or or internal Duke censorship. They didn't want us to see all of the missed shots, how bad they were. You know, it's on it's on a two or three second feet, delay. you know, delay. For sure, so, yeah. So they can, yeah, they, right, they can insert it. It was, it was uh, obscene content. They were, they, were, they were graying it out. Well, we talked last Some week about... Some of the shots were so bad. We talked last week about Matt Plisga rooting through my garbage to try to discredit <laughs> our podcast. Now I do think he's going full Pyongyang and like and censoring Mist Basket. I think Aaron's absolutely right. All right. Um. Uh, oh, one other thing about ACC Network. So inside Cameron, we noted that the timeouts seemed the media timeouts seemed to last forever. And like we don't know if that's like an ACC network because huh. they are doing more of their horrible, horrendous four minute You've long got commercials. The nine minute binocular commercial. Yeah, you right. Gotta wait out, you gotta wait that one out. It's so and like I feel like when we're on other networks, the TV timeouts aren't that long. But like we we reached a point where we started getting like bored during timeouts of like is why why is this lasting so long? Yeah, so we're gonna yeah. time them and see if there's a difference between TV timeouts on ACC network versus any other network that covers Duke games because it, it's awful. Just like standing there and it's like what do we what do we do now, team? Yeah, well I'm I I know it sucks for you there, but I don't know what I'd do without like Dr. Barry's alternative erection pills or <laughs> whatever the hell like they're advertising. <laughs> um, 
All right, cool. Oh, yeah. You know what we should do? Um, real quick. We Ooh, all... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, our season predict. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you want to uh, want to go round the table, as it were? Sure. You're first. Me or Shane? You're in the you middle. You stood at your microphone <laughs> and said, you're first. Yeah. Uh, I'll go. I'll go first. Um, shoot. Was it you or me who said 15 and 5? You. I was going to say 15 okay, and 5, yeah. but then you took it before me, and so I had to change mine. I like 15 and 5. I think maybe if you put a gun to my head, I might hedge at 14 to 6. Yeah. But I, I'm going to say 15 and 5. Um, I think we are going to win most, if not all, of our games at Cameron this year. Um, but I think I think there will be a lot of challenging road games, and yeah. I think like some you know medium mid level teams can upset us on the road. Uh, this is a thirteen and seven ACC team, no doubt about it. Uh, gun to my head, no gun to my head. Uh, this is exactly what's going to happen. <clears throat> thirteen and seven. I also have a uh, I have a tournament pick too. Oh yeah, please. Uh, ACC tournament is going to be won by Louisville. Interesting. Oh, interesting pick. And um, I think this is actually a Duke Final Four team, despite all my pessimism. Oh, my God. What? Get out of the room. Get out of the room. Wow. Bold. Bold. Yeah, I think they can win four games. Oh, my God. All right. Wow. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Uh, so I initially was going to go 15 and five for this team. I think that that's probably going to be right. But then since Shane picked it, I hedged up at 16, four, that's probably not going to happen. That's being really optimistic. But then in kind of thinking about who we're playing, how the ACC looks, I think it's possible. I think we lose a UNC game. Yep. Um, we maybe, I think we're playing Miami twice this year. Once there, once here, I think we drop one of those. Um, and then that gives us like two more. So maybe a maybe a cuse maybe a uva so yeah we'll look, see look florida actually state. we'll probably yeah. we always lose to florida state so we didn't last year uh but we do always lose to nc state so <laughs> yeah it, or or we're down by 30 and we come yeah. back and win god that was a magical night um okay we'll so, never forget yeah uh so the schedule is not super easy this year so it's yeah. at virginia the only time we play them yeah. obviously we have the double the home and home with north carolina um at syracuse i believe mm-hmm. yeah the only time we play them um we have to go on the road to virginia tech in december after playing michigan state yeah. earlier in the week. that's especially, especially if you win the michigan state game mm-hmm. that's, that's a, an easy letdown that's a really really tricky game um and yeah like you said we're at miami uh yep. we're not at florida state which is nice that is um nice. so anyway yeah i mean 16 and 4 might be optimistic, but that would be yeah. an unbelievable year. 15 yeah. and 5, I think, would be a success. Mm-hmm. I would be disappointed with 13 and 7. Same. Um, are you guys with me that Virginia, in this kind of like no great team year, will find a way to win the regular season? Yeah. Yeah. Also, I had that moment when we were talking earlier about Duke's defense of thinking how the Duke Virginia game is going to look. Ooh. And I don't want to watch it. <laughs> no, nobody should watch that game. It's going to be so painful. It's just going to be defense. Well, that's going to be grayed out. I just like how... So um, many pigeons. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to have a ton of pigeons. Honestly, they should release the whole coop that's sitting in Plisby's basement. A ton of pigeons. I- I'm just happy Ma- to see... Makes air quotes, pigeons. <laughs> it's pigeons. They're trained pigeons. Um, I am happy to see... I just looked at Virginia's schedule. It seems like the trolls who organize the ACC Big Ten Challenge always put them against Wisconsin. 
Just nice. <laughs> oh, they're, but they're playing Purdue this year, which oh. is oh. I'm still not going to watch that. Yeah, shit, but <laughs> yeah. Does Purdue have an old man white guy like they did? Was it last? Is that year? guy still there? I think he Robbie graduated. Hummel, Robbie Hummel is still there. He is still there. No, no. Oh, I was going to say like, how he's like, he's like 30 now, but he was like Aaron Kraft at Ohio State. <laughs> yeah, he was there at least Forever. a decade. Yeah, or Perry Ellis. Yeah, mm-hmm. Perry Ellis mm-hmm. actually played Was, for ten yeah. years. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, there's always guys like that. It might, I think it might be Javin this year. <laughs> I think that might be who it is. But all right, cool. Um, we are about at an hour, so I believe we shall wrap up. Um, do we want to go around some closing thoughts, maybe about Cole Anthony? If anybody scouted him out or anything else in the beautiful world of college basketball, he didn't look that good last night. I only watched the first half because I'm an old man and go to sleep at ten o'clock. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eh. 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 not that good all right fair um i didn't watch the game last night because i was at the duke game and then we went for tacos because that's our like thing yeah um but they did have nba ball on and grayson allen was playing and tyus jones was playing because Mm. they're both on the uh t-wolf so that was fun to see them sync up again even though grayson allen is not one of my favorite duke players sounds like you had a nice trip <laughs> All right. Nailed it. Now it's time to end the podcast. Wait, Shane. <laughs> wait who are we playing next? Uh, we're playing California next this oh. coming Thursday. Uh, and I'm just going to conclude by saying that when we talked about James Wiseman and the Memphis yeah. scandal last week, um, we uh, settled on the thing that the NCAA has no real power. Yep. And we're going to find a way to try to hide that. And so they did with like, what was it, Aaron, a seven game suspension or something? Well, they haven't, they haven't said that. Yeah, they I didn't said think they said the length. It'll be less than less than the nine yeah. games. Uh, we were absolutely right. We completely nailed mm-hmm. it. Uh, pat on the back to all of us. Good success. Uh, merit calling. merit badge. Merit badges we, for, all of, us. for merit all of us. For all of us. Okay, so uh, Cameron Lazies, we're on iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Spotify. Subscribe. We're getting more. Subscribe. Do your thing. Tell your friends if you enjoyed it. If you didn't, lie to your friends. Get them to yeah. experience the misery alongside you. And that's going to be it for us, everybody. Good night.